Welcome to the Crossing Church Weekly Sermon Podcast. The Crossing Church exists to see every person restored to God and to the life He created them to live. And we want to walk through this journey with you. If you need help or if you need prayer of any kind, you can text the keyword, I need help to 31996. Or if you give your life to the Lord, we would love to know. You can text the keyword, I said yes, to that same number, 31996. Someone from our care team will reach out to see how we can walk through life with you. We're so glad that you've joined us today. Enjoy the message. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Thank you all so much. And a welcome to all of our online folks as well there. Uh, and by the way, I want to encourage, I know some of you that are watching us online, you're there in Hawaii. Yeah, we love you. No, we want you there. Hawaii and Mexico and every place else. On, I want to encourage everybody to take a vacation. Take this from the Lord. Rest is biblical. It's a biblical thing. And some of us get so workaholic driven and the guilt get us for taking any time off. And look, take time off. It's important. Me and Sister Stacy, Sister Stacy, me and uh, Precious Stacy, we're going to be heading out here in July and go do some, some fun and fun in the sun. So anyway, take your vacations. I just want to encourage you in that. Gang, we're going to get moving pretty quick, and, and uh, this is going to be definitely two parts. I found out in the first service I had way more sermon than we had time, uh, and it's a big topic. And uh, so last week, uh, last week, or actually the last two uh, weeks, we've been in Isaiah 61. We've been looking at the, really the, the power of Jesus. What did Jesus come to do? It's a freedom series. He came to save us. I'll read you just a little bit of it. These are the ministries of Jesus, Isaiah 61. It says, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me. This is Jesus speaking. So he's upon me. He's anointed me. In other words, I've been authorized from heaven to do a certain amount of things. And all of these things are available to us. Uh, to bring the good news to the afflicted. We looked at that the first week. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. That was last week. And let me just ask you a question. Last week, we took time at the end of that. We, were, we asked the Holy Spirit to raise any memory or someplace that needed healing in our life. And then we asked, asked God to heal that area. Did, how many of you actually had something happen between you and the Lord? You, you felt like God touched you. I appreciate that. So many of you got a lot of great comments. At the end of that message, I did something that for some may be unusual. I began to speak to uh, demonic spirits. And, uh, I, and some of you may have wigged out on me a little bit. But so uh, this, this next line says, Jesus is anointed to proclaim liberty to the captives and freedom for prisoners. And uh, I, I want to go ahead and just, I've tried to find a way to get around this message, and I, I can't. Uh, so let me just be straight with you. We're going to talk about demons. We're going to talk about demons. Uh, we don't love demons, but, uh, you know, when you... <laughs> When you look at the Old Testament, uh, I couldn't find a place where a demon was actually cast out of somebody. It may be there. I didn't look hard. I do know when David would worship, a demon would leave King Saul. But in the New Testament, it's all over the place because the one authorized to kick the devil out of people's lives came and started taking names. That's all I can say. He just came in the authority of his name, and we see a, a lot of places where he was taking, uh, extracting, uh, exercising, whatever word you want to use, casting out 
demons. And uh, I was looking in some of, of the commentaries, and some commentaries try to write out uh, what was happening in the Bible and say that was just mental illness, and the Jews didn't understand what it was, and so they called it this, but that's not really what it was. I mean, I'm talking Bible commentaries. And uh, I, I'm, hey, look, I'm sorry if, if uh, it's too extreme. There's no way for us to talk about freedom without looking at the fact, uh, again, if, if your biblical worldview, now we're church, so uh, if you're, you're, you're gathered with us, I want you just to hear, we anchor our view of the world through the scripture. We don't ask really opinions or feelings or TV or culture or the news. We have an anchor, and that's what keeps us solid and clear. And, and our biblical worldview, if you don't have both a kingdom of light and a kingdom of darkness, if you don't recognize the both of those, it'll confuse the heck out of you as you go through your life because the truth is your mess then is either you or God's fault. Aren't you glad to know? I mean, I mean you could be that bad, so I don't want to take that off. It could be your fault. But there's a whole lot of stuff that happens to us, uh, things that we get ourselves caught up in that are demonic activity, and because we're too sophisticated to use that word, we just try to act like, well, that can't exist. We're, we're, we're advanced from that. Gang, look at, our, look at what's happening in these United States right now. And uh, the church has raced in hopes of, of uh, voting in a hero. Look, it, it, the House is gonna switch here in the fall, and the presidency will switch to the Republican Party the next election. I want you to know, it will have hardly any effect, if any, on the demonic forces that are coming into this country. And the only folks that can actually stop it are you and me. But if, see, here's the trick of the devil. If we don't realize that this is our duty, we're just gonna keep setting out and acting like, I wanna say this, I said this in the first service. Jesus Christ built the church. That is, everybody who's a believer, he built the church to be a battleship. We're made for war. And we've spent 50 years making it into a cruise ship, trying to get more people on. Oh, literally, we really have. We've been trying to say, come on. So, trying to say, look, you know, you know just, just ride along. We'll get your coffee for you. And oh, is it too long for you? Is it too loud for you? And all. And uh, I was talking to a pastor this week, and I said, you know what? I'm, I'm never again going to sit up here and go, man, why were the words just a little bit behind the things? Uh, who's supposed to be singing? It? All this entertaining. I'm just like, I am so done with that. Uh, we're, we're here to, we've got we've to make a switch. And a part of that is, you know, the job of the church, according to the Bible, my job is not to come and uh, basically fight off the demons that, that you're dealing with. That's, I'm, I'm to equip you to be able to do that. And so that's what we want to do today. We want to start this. And again, all this talk may be just freaking some of you out. I, I can't find, the, the biblical language would also be unclean spirits. Now, that might not even help you either. So uh, I, I, I don't know what to do but to just speak plainly. Uh, I've, I, I will tell you, I have, I have met the devil. Uh, I, have, uh, I have been spoken to by a demon. And uh, so I just, it's there. They're there. And, uh, but I also want to kind of take a little of the mystery out today. Uh, so Jesus came fully authorized to do multiple things. So today, uh, our message is, our first message was how Jesus sets us free the second one was how Jesus heals our heart. Today is how Jesus breaks demonic influence. 
I don't want anybody looking online to try to figure out, now where's that message? I thought, let's just put the word demon in there. We're already out here. So praise God. So uh, I'm going to answer questions per each point, uh, and you can figure out what the question is. My first point is this. Yes, there really are demons. Yes, there really are demons. Uh, Ephesians 6. Now, again, we get our worldview from the Bible. Uh, Ephesians 6, very familiar to, to many of you. Paul speaking says a final word, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. That's all of us. Put on all God's armor, and I will add this, every day, all day, so that you will be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood, not fighting humans. Uh, Humans may carry demonic presence, but it isn't the human themselves that we're we're fighting with, all right? We're not fighting against people, Uh, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, in other words, can't see them, against mighty powers in the dark world, against evil spirits. Now, did that cover it? I mean, that's about as in heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so that you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil or in the evil day. Then after the battle, you'll still be standing firm. Man, there's just, there's just so much there. So just starting off biblically, we need to understand the Bible declares uh, just, just like the sun comes up and the sun goes down, just like there is a God and just like there are angels, there are fallen angels. And uh, we can't see them. And I, would, I will say this, uh, there's sort of two extremes that I, I need to rein it in from the beginning here. There are, again, those that would say, there's no such thing as demons and devils, and if they are, they're, they're in Africa somewhere. They're, they're not, not even allowed in America. We got, we're building the wall. Right? They're not allowed in. We, we, you know, our, our politics don't allow. Listen, uh, we're getting rained on. We're getting rained on. So for those that would say there just aren't any... Uh, Oh, I don't know what to take, except for we just got to look at the Bible. But then I got, and I've been a charismatic all my life, so I got my other group uh, on the other extreme that everything's a demon. That's a devil. Oh, that's a devil. My husband's a devil. My wife's a devil. Uh, she's got a shopping demon. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Everything's a demon. Everything's a devil. Uh, let me I'll just shoot straight. It, you know, it could be you. I mean, there are things that you really do have character issues and selfishness and nastiness that you just, you know, it's just not hard being human. So it may not be a devil. So, uh, so, so how can you tell, Pastor Randy? Uh, most times you can't. That's a straight up honest answer. Uh, now I know we're used to when we think demon, we think all manifesting and stuff. And, uh, and at times... And I'm thinking, I personally think two to 5% of the time, there's a manifestation that will let us know, oh, I mean, if somebody's head spins all the way around and they levitate and catch on fire, you can take a get. It's like, (laughs) that might be a devil. Um, But 95% of the time, you don't see it and you don't realize that you've created a friendship. A, a, A demon is a is a, uh, a counterfeit comforter. The, uh, the Holy Spirit is our comforter. He's our biblical comforter. 
And he's real, and he's a spirit. You can't see him either. You can't feel him most of the time either. Most of the time, you, you believe it by faith. Well, by the same token, angels are angels, fallen or not. They know how to come as angels. The scripture says uh, the devil and fallen angels, they show up just like they're for you. They're comforters. And a lot of times when you're wounded, you're hurt, you're mad, you're tired, something like this, some little whispering voice will go, I hate them too. I would never forgive them either. You, all of a sudden, a little whisper starts happening in your head, and you, you think it's you. Just like when the Holy Spirit brings a word of knowledge, a word of wisdom, or prophetic, a thought just shows up that didn't come from you. Everything that the Holy Spirit will do in comfort and in, in giving you power, there's a counterfeit, and you don't, you don't recognize it's there. So I'm, I'm saying that so that everybody understands. If, if you're wondering, have I, have, do you, Pastor, have you ever been influenced? I've had wagons full <laughs> of demonic influence. If you're in ministry, if you're pursuing your call, and everybody here is in ministry, if you actually are going to pursue your call, you're going to get opposed. It's just going to happen. And, uh, and I, so I want to take some of the, oh, my gosh, it's the devil. I'm going to show you. We're not going to give him too much credit, but we're also not going to ignore it. But there really are demons. Let me uh, show you just, and again, our, our reference point is, is the Scripture. Uh, there's 156 references to demons or unclean spirits in the Bible. There's only one reference to the word pastor. Now, y'all can see me. <laughs> I'm a call pastor, but there's only one biblical reference. There's 156 references, and, and they are these. I won't list them all, but in Mark 8, a legion. Uh, Luke 11:14, 14, a mute spirit. Mark 9, deaf and dumb spirit. Acts 8, a spirit of paralysis. Revelations 2, a Jezebel spirit. Revelation 9 is a spirit called Apollon. And I, my, my thought of that is, I don't know what that is. I think it's the spirits that come through your Apple products. That's just me. <laughs> Second Timothy is a spirit of fear. Isaiah 19, there's a perverse spirit. Romans 8, a spirit of bondage. Isaiah 61, a spirit of heaviness. Romans 11, a spirit of stupor. Luke chapter 11, a spirit of infirmity. A spirit of mammon, divination, harlotry, angry, rebellion, witchcraft, stubbornness, idolatry, on and on and on. I won't list all, all of them. But I just want you to know, biblically, there's no way to scoot around the fact that there are both angels who are for us and you don't really see them. And there are angels that are against us and we can't see them. And so, we, we, so, we, so what do we do? We've got to go to the Scripture and understand what to do. So, so point number one, there really are demons. Point number two, yes, believers can be influenced by demons. No. The question always comes down to, uh, and this is all, and those of you that are new to church, uh, some of the you know, you know, old, old believers will argue, uh, a, a believer, a Christian can't be possessed by a devil and we start fighting over possess, obsess, depressed, compressed. It look, it doesn't matter. Can I just help you? Stop all. Don't worry about all that. What, what, we're just guessing. Uh, the, the word uh, possessed in the New Testament. There's two Greek words. One means ownership, and it's never used in the New Testament when it talks about demon possession. The other means control or to overpower. We used to play basketball and. Uh, I love defense, and I would talk trash to the guy I was guarding, and I'd say, I'm going to own you, buddy. I own you. 
Uh, that's kind of what a demon does. I'm checking this guy down. I own you. Well, that, that's, there's, whether it's a little bit of influence or a lot of influence, it's influence. So don't sweat possess, not possessed in any of that. No, technically, you're the te- you are bought with a price. You are not your own. You are owned if you've received Jesus. If you're here today, now hear me, if you've never received Jesus as Savior, you are a, a prime target for, for a, a greater invasion. But if your, temple, your person, your life is filled with the Holy Spirit and you're not taking in renters, uh, you, you, you know, you, you can't be owned, but you can be overpowered. You can be overpowered. So some places here in Scripture just so that you see that as well. And what I'm getting to, I'm believing most of us, many of us in here are believers. And I just, I don't want you to walk around chasing devils, and I don't want you to walk around thinking I'm too holy and sophisticated to be influenced by one. So, uh, but uh, this is Simon Peter, now pretty decent guy. He's been walking with Jesus, and this is Matthew 16. In Matthew 16, this is where Jesus said, who do men say that I am? And Peter answers, you're the Messiah, you're the Christ. And Jesus says to him, uh, Simon Peter, you got that from God. You have heard God. You heard God clearly, you spoke it, that's fantastic. 15, and he changes his name from Simon to Peter, that's where that whole thing is. 15 minutes later, same guy who can hear God. Follow, he's a follower of Jesus, and he can hear God. Uh, Jesus says, look, I've got to go be crucified. It messed up his personal plan, and he rebuked Jesus. Go figure, anybody but Peter. But he rebukes the Lord Jesus Christ. And Jesus turns around and says, get behind me, Satan. For you've got your, your thoughts and your head into man's plans and not God's. So... Did he, did he, and Peter was thinking, did you change my name again? But <laughs> he, was, he was, 15 minutes earlier, he heard God clearly. 15 minutes later, he heard what he thought. You know what I'm saying? It made sense to him. And so he just spouts it out. If it can happen to Simon Peter, as much as we pick on him, he did walk on water. I mean, he was first pope. I mean, the guy was, he was all right. If it can happen to him, I promise you, you've spewed things out of your mouth that just arrived in your mind when she threw that coffee cup and you said that. <laughs> that was not the Holy Spirit. Judas, Judas is another example. Judas was a follower of Christ. And Satan came. Again, this is a guy who opened a door, and I hope we can get to a little bit today, but next week we're gonna have to talk a little bit more about closing the doors to your life because we've all got openings. But Judas was a follower. King Saul loved God. Man, when God put his hand on Saul and said, you're the guy, he was anointed by God and a follower and a worshiper of God. He, he became jealous of David and got infected, had opened a door, and a spirit began to torment him, and David had to come and play worship. Again, I'm just walking you through some Old Testament stuff. But here's the biggie. Jesus Christ, look, if Satan will take a shot at Jesus Christ, are you so holy or am I so holy and sophisticated? Well, he didn't know his word like I know. He was the word. He was the word for crying out loud. Jesus is baptized in water, then baptized in the Holy Spirit. Then God Almighty speaks from heaven, 
that is my boy, and in him I am well pleased. And he's Jesus. He goes out to fast for 40 days, and when he's weak and when he's tired, Satan sees it as an opportune time, and Satan comes and tries to influence Jesus. We follow Jesus' pattern. Gang, I'm saying this, look, if he tried it on Jesus, we're working our way toward Jesus. We're a little easier target. I hope that we're a tough target, but it's all over the board in here. It is, and that's no shame in that. We gotta get better. We're all trying to get a little better. But if he took a shot at Jesus, trust me, you've had, you've, he's taking a swing at you. We handle it like Jesus. Jesus spoke the word. I mean, Satan. what Satan was coming after was, there was actually no sin in turning bread into to stone into bread. Uh, that wasn't a sin. He said, if you're the son of God. He tried to plant the doubt of, I know God spoke, but I want you to base your calling on something other than the word of God. Why don't you perform? Prove it. Then you'll know and I'll know. And Jesus said, I'm, it isn't about me dancing to prove anything. God spoke and man doesn't live uh, by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. You can know that you're being, listen, many of you here have not fulfilled a calling or haven't stepped out in the call of God for your life because the, the, the moment you start to sense some confidence, you sense that, God, you must have the wrong person. It can't be me. That question mark comes up and you think that's just all in your head. There's more people sitting that are extremely called because that first fight, you sit down. Uh, you're still alive. You don't have to keep sitting. But listen, at the first wave, and he starts saying, who do you think you are? Prove it. You don't have to prove anything. All you need to know is God spoke. God has spoken on that and that alone. That's how you walk forward. Anyway, this is what this demonic thing is about. Uh, continuing on. Paul writes, to believers, this is right into Timothy, who was a pastor in Ephesus. First Timothy 4.12 says, Now the Holy Spirit tells us clearly that in the last time some will turn from the truth, from the true faith, they will follow deceptive spirits and teachings that come from demons. These people are hypocrites and liars. Their conscience is dead. These are people that were followers, and uh, they begin to entertain something. They begin to open doors. It says here that their conscience is seared. Uh, how does your conscience get seared? Uh, when you have the Holy Spirit speaking to you and you can be convicted, that helps you avoid sin. In order to start sinning, here's what the Scripture says. With every temptation, God makes a way of escape. That's the Bible. And here's the deal. It's on us to see the escape. The escape is made. It's on us to see it. The only way you can, can get your, your conscience seared is that you stiff arm the Holy Spirit that first time, you push past and you sin like you, and all of us have done it. Don't, don't look too holy. I, I'm a human. I know us. Uh, but if you continue to stiff arm the Holy Spirit and do it, there's a point to where your conscience, you can't feel anymore. And when you lose the ability to be convicted by the Holy Spirit, you, you are really in a bondage at that point. You're going to need outside help. I want to help you to fight for yourself. I'm not, a, I'm not against you calling the church. Please call the church. We're here to help you. But the bigger deal, 
according to the Bible, is for me to equip you so you can get out there and whip them for yourself. Don't be calling me. I'm trying to watch a football game. Whip them for yourself. <laughs> I'm eating dinner. Fight your own devils. <laughs> I, was in a, uh, I was in the gym here recently, and uh, I, I told this to the first service. And uh, again, I, I, I'm, I'm flesh and blood, plain old human man, but I've, I've been pretty strong with my eyes with regard to lust or that kind of thing. You know, you can't be in a gymnasium. Women come there to work out, so they're not dressed for, you know, a United Pentecostal church service. They are, <laughs> they are dressed to work out. And so I prepare my mind before I even go in there. I'm going in there to work out and get it done as quick as I can. I'm trying to look like this man right here. And uh, so there's always women around, and I, I have something. I, I look to the left, and I look down when somebody's coming, and I work. Um, I was on a machine. I was trying to get, again, trying to get triceps looking like that. And uh, I'm about, I'm, I'm in the first rep of, of this machine, and a, a, a girl comes that was wearing next to nothing, unusual. Uh, and I'm telling you, there was this, there was a spirit about her, and she had her earphones on, and so she was she was dancing, and I'm you know I'm, and I I noticed I'm holy but not blind, and so uh, she's there, and she's working out you know eight feet in front of me and doing all kinds of things, and so I start trying to to rationalize. I'm thinking. I'm only one set in, and I don't even have any triceps. And so I'm, I'm trying to work, and she's over there doing it. And I promise you, the gym was loud, clang, clang, ping, ping, ping. And when that girl walked over there, all the weights quit because every guy in there went. This is what it was. I'm just, I'm just being real with you. And uh, so I'm, I'm on, about the, the, on about the 14th rep because I usually don't do 14, but my mind was trying to figure out, what am I supposed to do here? <laughs> and, uh, and I heard, I heard a voice, get out. I mean, it wasn't holy, it wasn't sweet, it just clear, get out. And, and we've got folks from the church that come, and one of the things I think about is, man, I, I don't want anybody from, I don't want anybody to see me looking and taking that second look, and I, I, I'm trying really hard to both be a witness and, and behold. And by the way, I, there's no competition for the top shelf over here. I just make it real clear. <laughs> I'm serious. But, but it, the, the way of escape, it came just that quick, just that quick. And I rationalized for about another quarter second, like, I've got two more sets. And then, uh, man, I reached down, grabbed my watch, grabbed my stuff, and I walked out of the gym. That's why these are like that, if you're wondering. <laughs> it's the Lord's fault. <laughs> to work on them some other way. Gang, now listen, I could tell that story a, a thousand different ways over my life. Uh, I can tell you when I, when I obeyed, and I can tell you when I stiff-armed the Holy Spirit. And so can you. I mean, we can all do that. And one of the ways that you begin to start, what, what bondage is, it's when you accept, just if you will, an invitation, you start to bond with a spirit around either a common hate 
Again, that's why when you're hurt, when you're mad at your wife or you're mad at your husband, man, that's why you need to get alone and pray and, and say, Lord, I, I forgive. I release. Because I promise a comforter will come and it won't be the comfort of the Holy Spirit. And it's very simple to start, you just start hearing comforting words like, she never has done that. And start reminding, you start rehearsing. And man, when you start to hear something loop, you start to loop a case in your head. It's looping. You start obsessing. You need to break that loop. I mean, that's on you. You hear me? It's on you. When he provides the way of escape, you take it. The way you go to war, you, you've got to take your thoughts captive. I can't do that for you. You can't call a specialist. Now, you need a plumber to come do your plumbing. You need a mechanic to do your mechanicing. But you don't call the church to do your, your spiritual warfare. You've you got to fight. Um, this, this um, early on with Stacey and I, and this will help you. Early on, early on with Stacey and I became pastors, uh, enthusiastic called. Some things were very natural, but we were learning uh, how to lead. And a part of leading and a part of being called, listen, your calling will, will always be over your head. It's way bigger than you. If you ever feel like, yeah, I'm called by God, I got this lick. I don't even know if you're called. If, if it ought to feel like this, God, are you sure? Me? That's the right response. That's how it feels when God calls. So we're learning how to lead. And so I had some insecurities. Hired a guy, great guy, hear me. Great godly guy, very helpful to the church. Uh, but he was on our staff for a little while. He started to recognize places where I was a little slow to, to lead because of my insecurities. I mean, this is the devil talking now. Godly guy. But he had a quirk. And his quirk, when he came in, he demanded a certain title. I'd never heard, seen anybody do this. He was really an administrator. That's, that's really what he was. Great administrator. But he, he said, no, I want to be called this. And he had this kind of higher-sounding title. I won't even say what it is. Uh, it's been 20-plus years, by the way. Some of you are going, I wonder if it's them or that. <laughs> and, man, our whole board of trustees were sitting there going, you want to be called what? And there was arrogance in it. And then he said, and I want, I want my, my salary to be ju just under the pastor's, and if he gets a raise, I want mine to be a raise. He started demanding things that he's from the business world, and I thought, Bro, you weren't here when I was cleaning the toilets, cutting the grass, doing the counseling, leading the worship, and doing it for $800 a month. You weren't there then. So where do you, I mean, I'm fighting on the inside thinking, man, he does all this stuff great. And gang, here's the thing. Deception is about 80% truth, 80% right, a little off. You're dealing with a deceiver better than anybody you've ever dealt with. You, you need to know that. That's why you got to have the word, not your feelings and your thinking only. Anyway, the, as time went on, he began to try to control, and I felt very controlled. The, the, the biblical spirit is the spirit of Jezebel. It's the spirit of Jezebel. It doesn't have to be a woman. It was a demonic spirit that comes after ministry gift like Elijah to depress, cause you to feel suicidal, I experienced every bit of that. The pressure was, I felt like I'm having to fight for what God already said was mine. What is that about? And it was constant. Then, read your place here in Scripture here, and this will, this will help you as well. Again, precious guy, he and I are good right now. We weren't, but we are. So, you know, uh, this is a Christian. 
but James 3, 14 says this, but if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your heart, there's good ambition, but there's unrighteous ambition. I should get that position. I should get that title. I should get that salary. And in church work, look, if you start to feel that you're owed a title or anything, pick up a towel. Go, go ahead and humble yourself. And, and I've marked over the years, just anybody that's just overly anxious to be applauded, I don't know. I just put a little mark there and say, watch that, because it's, it's been very painful over the years. Uh, it says this, don't be arrogant and so lie against the truth. The wisdom, uh, this wisdom is not which comes down from heaven or from above, but it's earthly, natural, it's demonic. It's demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exists, there is disorder and every evil thing, strife and confusion. But the spirit from heaven, the spirit of wisdom, which comes uh, from above is first pure, peaceable, gentle, reasonable, full of mercy, good fruits, unwavering, without hypocrisy, the seed sown in uh, fruit of righteousness, sown in peace. But here's the deal. Gang, anytime, what started happening is this individual started coming into real strife with every staff member. I mean, they were lynching. I mean, it was like Joseph's brothers. They were going to throw him in a pit, sell him off. They were looking to kill him. I mean, I had one guy dropping fist on the ground, dropping every cuss word you've ever heard from a pastor out of control. And I can't figure this out. I keep going to the trustees and saying, guys, help me. I didn't know how to deal with the guy. And uh, they said, don't fire him, don't fire him. I remember the day I said, to heck with all of this. And here's what was happening. I kept looking for somebody to solve, to fight my fight. This is much like Paul, when, when Paul cried out to God and said, God, I've got a demon spirit messing with me. Fix it. Take it away. God said, I'm busy. <laughs> nah, he ain't that big a deal. Paul, that's your fight. I want you to learn how to fight. My grace is sufficient. Nobody's coming to your rescue because you don't need it. My grace is sufficient. Strength is perfected when you're in these kind of battles. Step up, Paul. Take him on. You've got authority. Step up. You've got this. Well, ultimately, I just marched in his office and fired him. It's like revival broke out in the church. I'm not joking. I'm not kidding. We, we had the most amazing Easter. Unbelievable just powerful Easter services. And the staff, it's just something lifted. And this, this is a godly guy going to heaven. Had he died at any one of those points, he'd have gone straight to heaven. He began to bond with a spirit that was after sh shooting down this church, putting this church down. Good guy. If it could happen to him, Stacey had the exact same thing happening in, in women's ministry, working out her own securities to lead and one after the other, good godly women came in. And I'm telling you, we had to quit. If we could figure out how to quit, the pressure was just unbelievable. And here's the thing. It wasn't the people. We don't fight against flesh and blood. I'll tell you, you don't figure these things out by me teaching you, honestly. You go, you go butt heads with a situation. And here's what I'm wanting you to know. Uh, there's things that God won't let me fight for you. You got to figure out, wait a minute, this is my devil to kill, and God's not going to make it easy. He's looking for you. You fight or you lose. You fight. What, is, is God confident to say that? Yes. One, he can pick you back up if you fall, 
but you've got what you need. The, the whole issue is we're intimidated out of, and that's what demonic oppression does. It tries to intimidate you out of who you are and what you have. And if we, the church, don't believe that we're actually the answer for this country, if it just sounds like one more political speech from up here, then he, he has free reign. The worst news for him is that just this one small church, if this group of people left here with some attitude that went, oh, heck no, it's going to be a long afternoon for the devil. And you just start whipping the devil in your territory. Okay? So, so, do, do, so yes, believers, me, you, and everybody else can be influenced, and at times we don't even know what's happening. Number three, yes, Jesus has given you authority over demons. The, the, most, the youngest believer in here, you have authority over believers. So let me spend just a few minutes and we'll, we'll bring the plane down. Golly. We're going to have to pick this up next week. This is too, it's just too big a subject. Uh, Luke 10, 17, Jesus has sent out 70 disciples. He's brand new folk. And he's authorized them. Uh, and so they come back to tell him how it went. It says, verse 17, Luke 10, 17, then the 70 returned with joy saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, oh, heck, that ain't nothing. I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, yes, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. He affirms them. Yes, you have authority uh, scorpions and uh, snakes, serpents, that's all you know, picturesque of, of demonic uh, entities. You've got authority over all of those. And if you'll pick up your weapons and fight and use my name, you're not going to get hurt. Get out in that fight and don't you get hurt. But then he goes on, he says, nevertheless, don't rejoice over this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. In that hour, Jesus rejoiced in the spirit and in, in inside, and he said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, uh, that you've hidden these things from the wise and the prudent, the highfalutin, the wealthy, the whatever, and revealed it to these babes. Even so, Father, for it, is, uh, for it seemed good in your sight. So how do we use this authority? And, my, my, and again, there's way more points than we have time, but here's the first one. Uh, repent from an unhealthy fascination with demons and the devil. I say that, repent, because we can talk the devil up, and, and, and I believe that's what Jesus was saying. He said, look, Luke, Luke 10, 20 says, nevertheless, do not rejoice in this. I believe Jesus was saying, guys, that ain't no big deal. Of course they're subject to you. Man, I, man when Satan fell, he fell in a, it was in a split second. I mean, my father didn't even, he was drinking iced tea and, eating an apple, go. It was just nothing. And sometimes now, and this maybe not everybody, but I've been in the charismatic world a long time. I'm talking about been with spirit-filled people and people who aren't uncomfortable talking about this. Sometimes it sounds like we're just way over-celebrating demons. Oh, you see the demon, a demon. Uh, and this happened to me. Uh, I went to a church camp at, at uh, 15 or 16, this is that same church camp, and uh, the good news is I, I found a, you know, smoking hot wipe there. Uh, the bad news is there was a, a kid there that was, that was demon-possessed, and he was manifest every night at this church camp. 
man, he was doing something weird. I mean, all, you know, all just you know, head spinning, nuts. And uh, man, and this kid slept in the, in the, of course, in the guy's dorms. And so he'd jump up in the middle of the night, never in the day, and take off running. And we'd just all be going, oh, Jesus. So every night we were, you, you get, everybody in that camp got saved. You bring a demon to camp, everybody's going to get saved. <laughs> a great evangelist. So one demon, a bunch of saved people. So everybody was up there scared to death. Well, he would jump up in the middle of the service and scream and hollow and held a knife or held a pen or something to some kid's throat. Just, so we go home from this camp. We weren't talking about Jesus. Oh, my God. There's a demon possessed guy. What is that? I'm, I'm, of course. I understand it. It's fascinating. It is fascinating. So what do I do? I go home and start reading everything I can read about demons. Oh, that was smart. Because now... <laughs> Now I'm like becoming a Google. There was no Google expert at that time. I read uh, the Amityville Horror. It's like, Lord, it was an ounce of wisdom anywhere. Now I'm looking at stuff. Man, before you knew it, I had such a worked up. I wasn't telling people at school about Jesus. I tell them about the demon. You know, this kid, he freaked out. And he, oh, he was so strong. Oh. And what was happening secretly was terror. A, a, a spirit of fear began to grip me. Uh, and, and at night, I couldn't sleep. I was a teenager. This is for year, 10 or 12 years. I didn't know what I was dealing with. I mean, you don't know what you don't know. And I remember one night, uh, again, I was freaked out. We had a cat, and uh, it would get in the window seal and just stay there. I didn't know she was there this night. And we had uh, metal blinds and then curtains. Well, I turn off the lights, and I'm already you know, looking around, and she sees a cat outside and starts trying to fight it. She starts making this noise. And I go, ah. I look over, and the curtains are just doing like this. <laughs> oh, my God. I was so scared. I jumped out of bed as a teenager, ran to my parents' room, and said, can I sleep with y'all? I did. This, this, this happened for a long time until, and God allowed it, Nobody came to my rescue because he was wanting to train a warrior and he wanted me to figure out, look, Randy, you fight or you die. You figure it out. I, now that sounds so tough, but I want you to know, you can defeat a demon, but you've got to know that. And I, so I begin to do what Jesus did. I figured out, you know, 2 Timothy 1.7 there, God has not given me a spirit of fear but of love, power, and something. Now, there is a spirit of fear here, but it didn't come from God. That doesn't mean the spirit's not there. It means I didn't send that to you. The spirit I've given you, the Holy Spirit, is so superior to that spirit. And I began to go to war, not, not saying, God, help me. That is a way to pray, but speaking to the spirit. Last week at the end of the service, again, as we prayed, I began to speak to demonic spirits. And that may have been strange for you. I understand. And I understand the fascination too, by the way. I understand getting fascinated with it. But I, I want to let me go ahead and hit this while we're here. Any uh, dabbling in spirituality, that's what it's called today. That's not Christianity. Spirituality is usually some kind of individual, you know, I'm not a part of a church, but I'm just a spiritual person and all that. Get, get, pull, that is, get out of that. That is just uh, nothing but doorways. Uh, stay out of the occult, stay out of psychics, uh, palm readings, tarot cards, 
uh, talking to the dead, anything. Get rid of your horror movies. I'm not, ta- not out of fear, out of wisdom. You're a warrior. You're set aside. You don't want to be opening any doors. Trust me, uh, the enemy's already looking. If, if it says he left looking for another opportunity to get to Jesus, he's looking for an opportunity. Peter tells us, uh, be vigilant. He's, he's walking around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Don't be a whom. I mean, so get that stuff and get that fascination. I understand it. I get it. It, it, it can be. All the ghosty shows. Y'all hear me. Some of this may seem like pablum or like, but I'm serious. Get clear. And when somebody asks you, are you spiritual? You know, I'm a Christian. I'm born of Jesus. I believe in the one God. I, I believe in the Bible. The creator of the universe is my God, and the only way I get to him is through Jesus Christ, his son. Get clear. Separate yourself and be crystal clear on who you are. All right? So don't get fascinated with this. Number two, uh, live discipled and delivered. Live discipled and delivered. Here's the deal. You could say, well, pastor, you know, I'm angry and I'm this. Is that just my character? Do I just need to be more disciplined? Do I just need to get more in the word? Or do I need deliverance? Yes. (laughs) Yes. Here's the deal. Because, you know, most of the time you don't know. I know we're, we like to tell, I've got discerning of spirits. And, And you can discern. There's times where you can discern spirits. I really believe stealth is the power of the enemy. Brilliant. Don't underestimate. But here's, here's, here's what we do. I mean, it's like asking this question. Uh, you know, I've got a health issues. Randy, do you think it's diet or exercise? <laughs> Both. Yes. I went to a doctor one time, and he said, Randy, it's either this or it's that. You've got an infection either here or there. But I'm going to give you a drug, and it doesn't matter what it is. It'll handle both. I want you to know that's how we are with Christ. You don't have to figure out everything and, you know, do the whole, what is your name and all of that. And <laughs> uh, Mark chapter 5. <laughs> you you don't, don't complicate it. Tell me your name. Uh, a story. Jesus asked, you know, Legion what his name was. And so some people take that and kind of run with it and think you got to know every demon's name. Who cares what his name is? care what your name is. Uh, I remember a minister coming up to speak to a guy. His first time in church, old farmer, had one uh, overall thing just hanging, kind of a hefty guy. Poor guy got drugged into church and got drugged up the aisle. And this minister was going person to person to person. And he was all, je- everybody he said, he came to and say, what is your name? Tell me your name. And he gets to this poor guy and says, tell me your name. He said, Dalebert. Poor guy. No, I mean the name of that filthy, foul demon in you. Oh, she's back there. Huh? <laughs> Here's what Ephesians 6, uh, 10 says this. Finally, a word, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Be disciplined, get in the word, and... Start to make, just, just as much as you are in the Word and you're listening to stuff, add to just your natural life. What Paul's telling us here is, look, put your war clothes on every day, regardless of how big the war is. Put your war clothes on. 
Let me ask, do all of you, how many of you lock your doors at night? Most of you lock your doors at night. You know, do you leave them unlocked until a burglar enters and then you decide, oh, we better start locking the doors? No, man, I got, I got cameras, I got locks, and I got pistols, even Sister Stacy. <laughs> Sister Stacy's pretty good with a pistol. Of now, we're, we're not living in fear. I literally don't, I sleep like a baby. We do, we do that just as a, as a precaution, just so that we're safe. We, we do that, and it just, that's just how we live. It's the same way when, he, when Paul says, put your armor on. You're not doing it out of fear. You're doing it. We're in a spiritual battle. If the enemy shows up, so, so what does that look like for you, Pastor? Here's what it looks like. When I come in here to pray, I will pray. God, search me. I'll confess. If there's something, I'll confess it. I'll trust the Lord. I usually take communion. But not every time, but just probably two or three times a week while I'm praying, I will begin to sense something, and I'll start rebuking spirits. I mean, just naturally. You know, I rebuke the spirit of fear. I rebuke the spirit of lust. I rebuke the spirit of depression. I rebuke, and I'll walk around here. I'll usually walk around with the blood of Jesus and proclaim the blood over here. I mean, it gets weird in here. I'm just telling you. But here's the point. It's just a normal part of, I put on my clothes every day. It's just part of walking as a Christian. So we, we need to think in terms of, Pastor, what if I rebuke a spirit and it's not there? Swing and a miss. Well, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, shoot in the dark. You might hit something. Uh, I wish I could tell you this is an exact science. I'm just telling you what Paul said. Just put your war clothes on every day. Put on the helmet of salvation. Think like a Christian. Protect your thoughts. Do it every day. That way, if, if, if it does come and you don't know whether it's a devil or not, you'll still be able to recognize. You're not trying to figure out what demon it is. If you know what the thoughts of God sound like, what the original, if something foreign to that comes, you'll go, I resist that. I rebuke. That doesn't sound like God to me. You kick that out of there. The belt of truth, that means you're not walking around in this crazy culture where it's your truth and my truth and everybody's got a truth. That, none of that exists. That's goofiness. There is a solid truth, and it doesn't matter whether you like it, don't like it, I like it, feel it. It doesn't matter. Truth is immovable. It's established by the word of God. And when you put on the belt of truth, you go, whether I feel this or not today, God, this is what I believe. That's what it means to be a warrior in this thing. The breastplate of righteousness, it means two things. One, positionally, Jesus, you died, and I have been positioned as righteous. I am as righteous as Jesus before God right now. And because that has been graced to me, today I'm going to walk and act and behave righteously and holy. That's how I'm going to today. That's my breastplate of righteousness. The sword of the spirit, I'm going to speak the word. I'm going to use the word, not my emotions or what. I'm going to speak the word of God. Feet shod with peace. I'm going, this is Ephesians 6 that we didn't. But here's the deal. When I come into a room, I'm not bringing strife. I'm not going to walk in strife. I'm not going to sit in the seat of a scoffer and scoff at everything. I can scoff at whatever. Man, I've been in church my whole life. I can pick out everybody and everything is wrong. Sister so-and-so is like this, and her hair was this, and she said this, and that was wrong. I am not walking that way. Randy Harvey comes in the room. You're going to feel peace walk in the room. Man, peace is coming. I'm going to stomp on strife and stomp on all that stuff. I'm coming in peace. This is the armor of God, shield of faith. That means, man, God, I believe God. Whether I see it or feel it or not, it is what it is. I'm... Got my shield. What is all this? This is just, I, I live in my war clothes. So sometimes I may pray, maybe there's not a demon there. Maybe I'm just huffy that day and I'm rebuking, rebuking the devil and it's just Randy. Uh, <laughs> but that's the beauty of disciple. 
and deliverance. Do them both. Just do them both. All right. Uh, you know what? We're done. Man. I, okay. I'm sorry. Uh, we'll, we'll just pick up here next week. Stand to your feet. You know, while you're standing, I'll squeeze in one more point. Just simple. Live as a worshiper. Live as a worshiper. Don't, don't just come to church and worship. Live as a worshiper. The one time I, I had a, a kid manifesting when I was youth pastor, ma- manifesting, defying me. I will not come out of here. I was trying to cast a demon out about two in the morning in the woods. Why demons don't manifest at work hours? It's always at night. So I'm chasing this kid, and this kid is yelling at me saying, you know, you know I, I won't let him. This is one of my teenagers, very, very possessed. And I, I thought, man, I don't know how to do this. I'm a terrible demon caster outer. I, I'm awful at this. Come out in Jesus' name. I won't. My pastor shows up. And uh, so he starts doing what I was doing. Come out in Jesus' name. The kid still, the demon still was saying, we, I won't come out. And I thought, pastor, we're just terrible at this. You know, and we got other students. I mean, it's just one. Uh, <laughs> we can live with this one. But uh, my pastor had the wisdom to say, hey, let's just all, let's all worship. And I, I thought that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Pastor John, my dear pastor, I was with him this week. But Pastor John is a worshiper. He knew what I did not know. I thought, Pastor John, you gotta be kidding me. Oh my God. And he starts croaking something. I mean, we've been yelling at the devil and the devil's been yelling at us. It, it wasn't pretty. It didn't sound like Pastor Joe. It was awful. And so he starts croaking something out. And so what else are we going to do at 2 in the morning? We start croaking this out. And before, I mean, it wasn't beautiful. I didn't feel ooey-gooey. Before we even got going good, this demon screamed out, please. The attitude absolutely changed. Please. I must have him. It's the same sound of those demons in Mark chapter 5 where that legion said, please, I adjure you. Don't please don't cast us out of this region. There's some thinking for you, but we'll get to that. He's please. I heard that sound with my ears. This attitude, after two hours, his attitude just changed. Just with worship. What what, what happened there? I, I don't know totally. I know the scripture says that Jesus came to give us a garment of praise for a spirit, whatever spirit of heaviness. But David worshipped, and his spirit left. Man. It's like calling in the Calvary. Man, we, we just sounded the bugle and the Calvary came. And I'm talking like that. And this demon went from tough and rough to childish and beggarly in a heartbeat. Just like that thousand demons came and fell at Jesus' feet and said, you're the Lord God. And that demon was cast, I mean, John just in the name of Jesus, you live. And it was over, game over. Gang, when we worship, what we do, and this is the picture I have, it's like an, a, a, a military that takes charge of the air. Whoever owns the air has the war. If you own the air, doesn't matter what's on the ground. Whoever owns the air power, that's who wins the war. When we worship, that demon just said, stinks to be me today. I mean, when we started worshiping, we took over the air. Done. Game over. Live as a worshiper. This will go a long way for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, worship team, I mean, uh, prayer teams, would y'all make your way to the front? Father, in the name of Jesus, I speak over this group of warriors now, and I pray God cause us to begin to see ourselves as warriors. Lord, any spirit of intimidation by what I've said today, anyone that thinks of demons and gets intimidated, I totally get that. 
totally get that. No shame. That's, of course. At the same time, I speak to that, that sensation, and I speak to it if it's a spirit of fear. And I say, in the name of Jesus, be gone. Every person in here who's received Jesus Christ as Savior is a warrior and fully capable, and the demons are subject to us. They are subjects and subject to us. I ask God you would begin to raise up individual warriors in this room. If you're here today and you've never received Jesus Christ as Savior, it's as simple as this, saying, Lord Jesus, I need you. I am a sinner. Please save me. Lord Jesus, I believe that you are the son of the living God, that you died for me, that God raised you from the dead, and I'm a sinner in need of salvation. Please, Lord Jesus, would you save me? Please forgive me of my sin. I receive you as my Savior. Right now where you're at, you don't have to say that prayer exactly that way, but from your heart, call out to Jesus, save me, please. And today, you'll be saved. Your mind won't change. We'll have to work on that. You're, just the way you live your life, we've got things to work on. But your spirit is born again as of today, and we can begin, we can begin to walk. If that's you today, if you would just come up after service, would you come and let these folks pray for you? Father, thank you for that. Lord, every spirit that would war against these, Lord, the spirit of poverty over a family or a generation, in the name of Jesus, we break that spirit a spirit of depression, deep depression on somebody in this room. In the name of Jesus, you go. You go. We, you're not a friend. We break that relationship. Every perverse spirit, addictions to pornography, addictions to, to homosexuality, to uh, all kinds of sexual identity, every single sexual perversion spirit in the name of Jesus, you are broken. You are not overpowering anybody, not in this room. In the name of Jesus, if that's you, personally disagree with it. Don't count on me. Agree with me. You say in your heart, yes, I do not want this any longer. I don't want this as part of my life. Addictions to pornography, I don't want it in my life. I resist and renounce that in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, that you're at work right now in Jesus' name. Anger, anger and deep bitterness in some marriages in this room has invited, opened the door just to demonic just the same old, same old. In the name of Jesus, I break the power of the presence of that spirit. And I speak a new presence and a new spirit in these homes in Jesus' name. Go in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we love you. We honor you. God, until we get back here next week, I pray, God, for these warriors to take the field, take responsibility for their lives, responsibility for their healing, responsibility for their territory. Lord, this is their territory. In the name of Jesus, homes and family and children, in the name of Jesus, raise us and equip us. Lord, these things I pray over this great congregation of people in Jesus' name. Lord, receive our tithes, our offerings, and all of our giving as well. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for your blessing. These things I pray in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Praise the Lord. Yeah, praise God. Let's give him a hand. We, we conclude here today. Thanks so much for listening to the Crossing Church Weekly Sermon Podcast. Keep up with everything going on at The Crossing by liking us on Facebook, following us on Instagram, or subscribing to our YouTube channel. 
or you can visit us online at www.thecrossing.cc.